Thank you, Grace. Man, we got some talent. Tonight, <clears throat> I want to talk to you guys about, as followers of Christ, how we should earn for a deeper relationship with God our Father, and how that should become a passion, how that should be something that we constantly look for, we constantly seek. Do you ever just see something in life and, and you say, I got to have that? Nobody at all. I have. And you know, you see something and it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you really need. Maybe it's more like something you want. For me, I've been wanting to, not to be specific, but I've been wanting a newer Dodge pickup for some time. Quad cab, it can be a 1500, that's fine. <clears throat> But God has provided for me, and, and I don't want to hear any judgments from you Ford guys out there either. I've been driving a Ford for a little while, and much to my surprise, it hasn't broke down and left me stranded yet. So I'm very thankful that I have it. But that's something that I want. It's not necessarily something I need. And if any of you, you know, if you feel the need to buy me that truck... It's probably from the Lord, so you should probably obey, I'm just saying. It's totally fine if you do that. A lot of times I do this, I don't know if you guys can follow with me on this, but a lot of times I do this in my Christian walk when... Like when I see my grandma, I think of this morning we, uh, uh, Dr. Dillo had a reference to um, Miss Clara in War Room, if you've seen War Room, and, and was talking about her, and it got me thinking about how much of a prayer warrior she is. And, and so I think about my grandma on that, because my grandma, she tells me every single time I talk to her, and my wife can attest to this, that I pray for you by name every single day. And she's done that, and I've shared that with some of you guys before. She's done that before I was born. She's prayed for me. I'm 33, that's a lot of praying. But I appreciate it. I didn't appreciate it then when I was younger because I didn't understand what that really meant. And now that I do, see, that's something that I want. I want to be that dedicated as a prayer warrior. That's something that I want. And, you know, it, it reminds me of a story. I had a, uh, one of the churches that, whenever Brooke and I first got married, we started going to church in Ava. And, uh, the pastor there, we were talking about being dedicated and getting in that place where no matter what bad things happen in your life, you can always see the Lord working in it. And he was at some kind of district event, um, and he said that one of the speakers there was a, uh, I don't know if he was a district guy, or he, but he, he was a pastor, and, and he was an older man, and he experienced something absolutely horrible. Apparently, one of his younger girls had been... I won't get colorful in this, had been abducted by somebody. And terrible things happened in that situation. And the man ended up killing her. And that guy stood up there in front and shared this testimony that 
when he went to their final court hearing, they caught the guy, and he'd actually admitted to it, admitted guilt to it. So when they went to their final hearing, the sentencing, the sentencing hearing, um, he said that before, and they'd sentenced him to uh, life in prison, I think. I don't think he got the death penalty. And this father of this little girl, this pastor, said he wanted to have some final words with him, and obviously it was, there were people around, so it wasn't like he was going to do something to him. And he went up to him and he gave him a Bible and he said that he forgave him for what he did and that he wanted him to receive salvation. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I could do that. But I want to be in that place where I could do that or at least think that I could do that. Tonight, we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 11. And we're going to go through 1 through 10 on this. And the focus tonight is understanding that we need to continually seek a deeper relationship with the Lord. And it's so reflected good in this scripture. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you had a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me. And I have nothing to set for him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in with me or in or with me in bed. I can't even get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend. Yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. I could just, we could just stop on verse 1 on that. Because in verse 1 we can see that the disciple, the specific disciple, understood how important a deeper relationship with God is. With Jesus as the example. He earned for a deeper relationship with God. That's why he asked Jesus to teach him how to pray. Because they had observed Jesus' deep communion with the Father while he prayed. They noticed that he spoke intimately to God. They noticed that he wasn't caught up in personal gain, but kingdom gain. So often in life, we can become so performance driven. We want to perform well at our schools, at school, at our jobs. And just at life in general, we want to look like a success. We want to look like we got it all together. Sometimes I might look like it, I know. But I could promise you I don't have it all together. So just generally, in life, we want to look like a success. You know, nice house, trucks, cars, perfect kids. I don't think that exists, but I think that I wish that it did. 
nice clothes, um, newest devices, etc., etc. The problem is not wanting to be successful. The problem is being performance-driven instead of God-driven. When that becomes bigger than our focus on God, then it's time to refocus. We've got to decide to make that shift in our lives and say, I'm no longer going to further my kingdom, but instead I'm going to live my life to further God's kingdom. Once that shift is made, that's not the end, but that's the beginning. And I think that so often, as followers of Christ, we think that when we make a certain step or we make a certain commitment, we think that we've arrived. This is how I thought anyway. This speaks to me a lot. Um, the Lord constantly reminds me of this because I, I think that, I think it's because And I always go back to this, but it's my testimony, and I know it's important. But I think about when I lived worldly, and I was so ingrained with with world, and and that was my focus. And and I allowed the world to just show me everything that I didn't need to know. Um, And when that happened, and then I made that shift, I made that change when I decided that I'm going to follow this guy named Jesus. I'm going to figure out what's going on here, and then see what I'm going to do about this. Well, when I came into that with that mindset, I did give him everything that I had. I did commit my life to him, but I still had this focus like, okay, he wants me to go do this. I'm going to go do that, and then I'm going to be in a good spot, and I'm just going to stay right there. And I was wrong in that thinking. To follow him and do what he says, yes. So hear hear my heart when I say that. But to think that you've arrived in a place and you're just going to stay there for a while, that does not line up to Scripture. He calls us into a constant, deeper relationship with him. We continue to move. That's why you always hear that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And that's what I was doing. I was running sprints. I got this figured out. So I run over here and then I stop. I'm like, oh, I'm glad that's done. I'm just going to hang out here. I watched this video one time and it made it so clear to me. And and the illustration in it was that, that you're always moving. You're either moving towards God or away from God. And I never thought about it like that. I never thought about it like that. And... And in that same video, the guy said, well, you've done a lot of good work in me, so I'm just going to go ahead and hang out right here. And the guy that's playing God in it says, well, that's the thing. You're never just staying right here. You're always moving away or towards me. And the decision has to be yours. Because God's still going to be there. He's still going to be right there. You're the one that's moving. We're called to constantly and continually seek him deeper and deeper and deeper. I don't think that we're going to arrive in the place that we're seeking until he comes back or calls us home. I don't. I think it's constant. As we grow deeper, we receive more insight into who God really is. As we seek him, God gives us this wisdom and this understanding about who he is and who he wants to be in our lives. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus demonstrates with his own life that a relationship with God is not about rules, rituals, man-made religions. Those things are used to exalt and impress people and they're fruitless when it comes to attaining a real knowledge of God. They don't bear any fruit. 
verse 9 and 10 really sums up the fact that God earnestly desires to talk to us and spend time with us through prayer. I'm going to read that over. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. I used to think too early in my, as a baby Christian, in my adult life, I used to think too that, I don't know, I'm just goofy, but I used to think like, sometimes if something didn't happen that I prayed for, that God, well, God just didn't answer that prayer. And I heard a sermon one time, and this was at Highway Nazarene when we went there in Ava, and it was so clear to me that the sermon was that God always answers your prayers. And I was like, I don't understand that because I've asked for this before and I didn't get it. I don't have this Dodge truck yet that I've prayed for. No, I haven't prayed for that. But I I didn't understand that. I couldn't figure that out. Well, when I opened up to receive what he was preaching about, what he was saying was, is he always answers. It's either yes, no, or wait. And I didn't understand that at that time, but the weight became clear to me that that is an answer to prayer because I know when I first felt the call to youth ministry, well, I turned around and ran the other direction, but after a while, uh, it kind of became that place where God kept bringing it up to me. And so I started praying, okay, well, God just, you know, put me wherever you want me to be. And it seemed like that was one of those wait times where different things with men's encounter came up and different opportunities to speak here and there and definitely things I didn't want to do were out of my comfort zone. But um, what he was doing was he was refining gifts that I didn't even know that I had yet in me and he was preparing me for the calling that he had on my life. So that wait was, wait a minute, you're not quite ready for this yet. I need to equip you. And it wasn't something I could attain myself. Um, It was only through the power of the Holy Spirit and only through um, Jesus reproofing me and, and, and growing me and showing me things that I needed to do differently and shifting my focuses in ways that he wanted them to be in instead of where I wanted them to be in. If we desire a deeper relationship with God, then we must take time for him. I don't mean make time for him. Try to make time for him. I mean make time for him. Um, we were at post, see the last week or the week before for men's encounter and I've got to meet with them because I, I need it. I do. I need it. I need accountability. We all need accountability. And uh, we were talking about spending devotion time and spending time with the Lord, making time with the Lord and making it a priority. And one of the guys, he drives a, um, I don't know if he drives oil or it's gas for MFA, and whichever one it was. I know he works for MFA oil. Jimmy knows. And anyway, we were talking about this and and he said, he talked about earlier that week or, or a couple mornings ago, I don't remember exactly what it was, that he had to leave the house early and he has his devotion time in the morning because it sets his whole day in order and he puts the Lord first. And, and we talked about that and he said, but I didn't do that the other morning. And he said, I noticed it was missing. He said he had to leave early because of appointments that he had to make or, or places he had to be. And he said he got to the, the gas station and filled up and he said... That stuff can wait because what's most important is making time for the Lord because otherwise, he said, everything's just going to be in chaos. So 
He said he sat there at the gas station, I think let his truck run for like 40 minutes or something like that. And he had devotion there in his truck because he knew that was important. And it is important. We have to make time. I don't know why that can be so hard sometimes. Now, I'm talk- I promise you I'm speaking to myself too. I feel like I have so many things to do and when I stop and make time for them, I just go, well, those other things I had could wait. I don't know why I couldn't make time. I don't know why those were more important. But we do this so often where we say, I just didn't have time today. But what that says to God is that all those things we did that took his place are more important than our relationship with him. Ouch. I feel like that's his outlook on it. I really do. Because I get convicted in that way about it. We must stop doing things out of obligation and start doing them out of a deep, passionate earning to want to be as close to our Lord and Savior as possible. We shouldn't put conditions on our relationship with God. It should be as unconditional as his love for us. We do that, though. We put limitations on it. I've done it before, too. I put them on that, I don't know as the song goes, in a little box up on the shelf. And when I need him, or I want answers, or I want, I, I, me, me, I go and I get them down, get them out of the little box, tell him what I want, instead of just listening, instead of being in constant worship with him, constant deeper relationship, constant, 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 marathon, not a sprint. And the disciples understood that. The disciples got to walk with him. We walk with him too, but he was in the flesh. He was in the flesh. They understood that. They watched Jesus. He was the example to them. And they knew. I want that kind of faith to know. For him to come and tell them to put down their nets and follow him. Yeah, leave your dad there in the boat. Come on. We got some work we got to do. And they did. They just did. I want that. I don't want to have to question why I'm stepping out of the boat. I want to be pushing people out of the way to jump out of the boat. We have to constantly seek a deeper relationship. Deeper, deeper, deeper. This has been in my prayers and my thoughts lately and I can't, I can't get it out. It's so important that we constantly seek him because if we don't, it doesn't work out very good. I know if I don't get devotion with him in the morning before my day starts, my day doesn't work out very good. My kids seem like they don't work out very good those days too. Constant. If y'all will stand with me, we'll go ahead and pray together. So God-driven, instead of performance-driven, make time with him unconditional, as unconditional as his love is. 
the most he could do was die for us. The least we can do is live for him. But I want to be more. I want to be more than just the least. I read that somewhere on a quote, probably on Facebook. But when I read that, I thought, well, yeah, the least we can do is live for him. I want, I want to be more than that. I want to be deeper than that. I want to be so close. Jeff says this all the time in Encounter. What if we got so close to him that if we took another step, it would kill us? Because I think about Moses and how close Moses got to God. That's where I want to be. I want to be that deep. I want to be that close. I want to seek that constantly, deeper, constantly deeper, constantly deeper. How dare I think that I've arrived in a place. I always get Jesus slapped right back down. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for for your unconditional love, God. We thank you that your love had no limits, that you loved us in our sin and that you loved us when we came to you, that you love us no matter what. God, help us to understand that you are the reflection that we need to have, that we need to seek you, that we need to come into a deeper, deeper, deeper relationship with you. And that that should be a passion, that should be an earning, that should be something that burns inside of us, God. Help us to realize that. Help us to not think that we've arrived in a place and that we're just going to stay there. God, help us to get closer and closer and closer. God, I pray that we, we become so close that when we walk in somewhere, when, when we're tempted with things, that, that your Holy Spirit just speaks to us immediately before it's too late, before we make a decision that we'll regret but that that Holy Spirit can show us and can guide us in a way that it's automatic and that our response is automatic as well. God, I just hope that, and I pray, God, that we will continue to seek you and that we will continue to grow in your grace and in your mercy. We're so thankful that you're such a loving and patient God. You have such a a patience for your children, God. God, we're so thankful for who you are and what you did. Let us never take that sacrifice lightly, God, but let us take it as a focus that we need to continually sacrifice ourselves so that we can become more selfless and less selfish. God, set us on fire, God. I pray that the things that you speak into us in this building that we don't keep them here. I pray, God, that you give us a passion, God, that burns so brightly, God, that people outside in this community know there's a difference in us. And help us to use that difference not for selfish ambitions, but for kingdom growth. God, we thank you. We love you. Lead us and guide us in the direction you want us to go. We'll give you all the honor and all the praise and all the glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you.